Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, and welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. This is episode 30 with Sean Lee of Farmhouse Delivery. So you've probably heard of companies like Blue Apron, HelloFresh, you know, meal kit delivery companies. So Farmhouse is like that, except Farmhouse is a little bit different. They have three main things that they deliver. They deliver produce boxes, grocery boxes, and meal kit boxes. So it's super cool. you got a lot of really cool options. They're based in Texas, and they develop really good relationships with local farmers. And they're all about making food from local farmers more accessible. So we're going to talk with Sean Lee, their co-founder, about why they got started, what their goals are, and how you can get your own meal kit from Farmhouse Delivery. Um, And also, a quick little call to action. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. The podcast has been growing for, you know, 30 weeks now. It's been super cool. Continue to share it with your friends, your coworkers, your family, people that you think might need to know a thing or two about agriculture, or if you think they might be interested in it. So share it on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're at on social media. Link our iTunes or our Spotify playlist. iTunes helps us out a ton. If you can, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Get your friends to. Basically just share so more and more people can learn about farmers and we can help bridge the gap between farmers and the consumer. Thanks for listening. Again, this is episode 30 with Sean Lee of Farmhouse Delivery. Well, welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. Sean Lee, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you are with a company called Farmhouse Delivery in Austin, Texas. Tell us a little bit a little bit about yourself and also about kind of how Farmhouse Delivery started. Sure. I'll, I'll start by just sharing a little about myself. Um, I have a little bit of a different background for people that are uh, or entrepreneurs working in food. I actually started out as a community organizer and kind of had a conviction to take some of those experiences and practices to organize local food systems. 
So uh, I was in the process of getting my MBA uh, in 2013, finishing that up and came up with a business idea to create a mobile farmer's market and make basically food from local farmers more accessible uh, and more than just the weekend. So we had this uh, 30-foot trailer we created and we worked with local farmers and we loaded it up. We took it to neighborhoods, churches and businesses. And uh, that was the beginning of how the business got started. That's awesome. Um, so I've I've seen like a trend in all these delivery services like um, like HelloFresh and Blue Rapin and all that stuff. So what are some ways you guys are kind of distinguishing yourself against all these different food delivery services that are happening right now? Sure. Yeah. And over the years, um, obviously, our business evolved from a, from a food truck trailer, <laughs> farmer's market to uh, a couple of new things, delivering to people's doorsteps and, and delivering to restaurants. But uh, the way that we are distinguished between the other delivery services is that we only source local food and we provide complete transparency into every ingredient that we deliver. So uh, that's a that's a value and a commitment of ours. And, um, you know, you hear a lot of other companies saying they're doing that. But, you know, we really are one of the only ones that uh, you'll be able to find and know exactly where every ingredient comes from. Gotcha. That's really neat. I know more and more consumers are trying to buy locally. So that's really cool. Y'all are trying to bring them um, very locally sourced produce. So what exactly is the process like to where you find farmers that work with you to kind of bring their produce to consumers? So what exactly is that whole selection process like? Sure. Well, one of our founders is actually a farmer herself, and so she's co-founder along with me, and and uh, she has known several farmers in Central Texas for a number of years, and then over time, we have just developed a really deep network throughout the state of farmers, and we go all the way from the Valley in Texas to the Panhandle to Houston and Dallas area, uh, and we really scour the entire state to find what we think are the best growers and ranchers as well. We work with a lot of ranchers that are raising incredible beef, chicken, pork, bison, and other proteins as well. Um, so what we do is we, whether we reach out to them or they reach out to us, uh, we visit with them. First, we have an introductory phone call. We, we learn a little bit about their standards for how they're growing or raising their food. And then we'll go out and visit with them uh, and meet with them just to verify that you know what they're saying is true. And uh, after that, we'll, we'll try some of the food and make sure that it, it tastes as great as, uh, as the farmer or rancher presents it to. And then we'll work through uh, shortly after that, moving them into part of our regular purchasing process. Okay, very cool. And, and looking at your website, it looks like you have three different choices. You can do either produce boxes, meal kits, or groceries. So how did you guys kind of decide on not only tackling delivering produce, but also You've got produce boxes, meal kits, and groceries. So how did you guys kind of figure out to do the trifecta when a bunch of companies like Blue Apron are just doing meal kits? Yeah, great question. Well, we started with just the the produce bushel, um, and that still is the thing that we sell more of than anything. Um, but from there, we had our customers saying, hey, we would love to, we love the quality of the produce, um, and we're interested in meal kits, but, you know, we would love to be able to get meal kits delivered that have these same great ingredients. And so uh, we actually moved into a new facility a couple of years ago. We have a commercial kitchen here in-house, and we make our own sauces, spice rubs, salad dressings, those kind of things. And we began to develop our own meal kit line with our own private label foods, farmhouse kitchen. And then we also obviously use the great uh, produce and meat options as well. So a lot of it just, it came from a conviction of us saying, like, we have this great food. I mean, frankly, we have 
the best food you're going to be able to find in the state of Texas and wanting our customers to be able to access it uh, in, in many different ways. And then on the grocery side, um, there are just a ton of new businesses that are popping up everywhere, consumer packaged good businesses, you know, an artisan granola maker or a local coffee roaster. And oftentimes, they're not big enough when they're getting started to be able to work directly with a big grocer or a big broadline distributor like Cisco. So we provide a great on-ramp for those new businesses that are making great local food for them to have a retail outlet. I've kind of noticed, especially because my wife and I do it, that more and more people are kind of getting their groceries delivered. I mean, it's so convenient. You can just stay at home and get all your stuff. And that way you can not only save money, but you can also avoid like, oh, wait, I want the Snickers bar at the counter or something like that. So that's, that's really cool. And it's something I haven't seen a lot that you guys are doing all three, which is super cool. Um, so did you have like a local chef? How exactly did you come up with the recipes for the meal kits? Yeah, great, great question. Um, yes, we do have a local chef on our team here. Uh, we hired him from a great local Austin restaurant. He is kind of well-known in the culinary community. Um, and, yeah, we have a large database of re- recipes that we have created over time. We have hundreds of recipes. Uh, and, they, again, they range from anywhere from a, you know, a complete dish or meal um, to, like, a salad dressing or uh, a marinara sauce. And, and by, by the way, one of the great things about having a kitchen and house is that it really helps us to reduce any waste we would have at the end of the week. So we're making regular things such as the marinara or chimichurri sauce in which we're using any tomatoes that might be left over from the week or any herbs that might be left over. So it's been for me and Steph, the other co-founder, it was really a dream to say, like, how can we how can we make the best use of everything we have here? And we're looking at a lot of produce at the end of the week saying, gosh, this is still really great quality, but maybe not the perfect quality that was when it came in on Monday. And so by Friday, we want to be able to still get as much out of that great food as we can. Hey, that's clever. All about kind of saving all this different food stuff. I know we're having a lot of problems in the country and especially the world kind of saving enough food. We're producing a lot, but we're not saving it. And a lot of it's going to waste. So that's really cool. You guys are doing that. Um, not, yeah. to, not, to put you on the, not to put you on the spot, but what would you say is your favorite meal kit that you guys have, like your favorite recipe? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Uh, we have a ratatouille that's incredible. Um, that is a regular vegetarian dish that we rotate through. Um, we also have some things that are just, you know, fairly common items, but when they're made with such incredible food, they really blow you away. I mean, we have a we have a burger kit, um, but because it's made with locally raised Wagyu beef and from an artisan baker, we've got bread and and pickles that we pickle in house and lettuce from a local uh, hydroponic lettuce grower, you know, same with the tomatoes. It, it's really amazing how something as simple as a hamburger can, can become this amazing culinary experience when you know exactly where everything's coming from and you can really appreciate the quality in which everything is made from. That's really cool. Uh, speaking of your, your quality, what, what are kind of your food standards when you go out to a farm and you kind of see what the farmers are doing? What food standards do you guys have in place for whenever you pick just the right produce to give to your consumers? Yeah, so we have a, a couple of different standards. I mean, one I've already mentioned that we only work with growers and ranchers that are within the state of Texas. Um, and that, that is primarily just so we can know and have good relationships with our growers and so that there is an, you know, when we do want to verify and make sure they're up to our standards that we can get to them um, and we can, you know, again, we can just have 
open and transparent relationship and communications with them. Um, beyond that, uh, we look to make sure that they're growing their food sustainably. Um, a lot of our farmers are using organic farming principles, but they're not certified organic. And because we work with small to mid mid-sized, a lot of family farms, um, a lot of them can't currently afford the process that it takes to go through and become a certified organic farm. So we just work with them to understand and verify how they are raising their food. And if they're using those principles, then that's good enough for us. On the, on the meat side, uh, we only sell pasture-raised meat, which basically just means that the animals are, are living in as close to a natural environment as possible. Uh, they're spending zero to very little time in a feedlot when you're talking about like a cow or a pig. Uh, for chickens, they're pastured all the time. The only time they would have shelter is if they're going inside like a, um, a little place of shelter for, uh, to avoid a predator. But other than that, they'd be able to roam free all the time. And, and these are very important distinguishing characteristics. And a lot of times we, we face an uphill battle when we're talking to people about what is free range versus pastured and uh, cage free and all these things. And, and pastured is the absolute highest end uh, when you talk about meat. And, and that's the standard in which we ask all, you know, we won't work with ranchers if they're not raising their animals in that way. And beyond that, we also don't um, work with any ranchers that use any antibiotics or hormones. Have you seen consumers kind of wanting their meat and their produce grown in a particular way? Like, have you seen them only wanting pasture-raised beef? Or what exactly have you seen any trends going on? Yeah, I mean, we definitely see there's an increasing trend of people, one, wanting to know where their food is coming from. Um, and then, two, wanting to be assured that their, their produce isn't being grown with any uh, pesticides and that it's being grown using organic uh, farming principles. On the meat side, certainly what we hear more of is that there's not use of antibiotics and hormones. Uh, we do get some people and, and more people asking about pasture raised, but I think, frankly, there's still a lot of work that we have to do. When I say we, I mean the, the collective we, the food industry, other companies like us, uh, growers, uh, and helping consumers understand what, it, what pasture raised really means. Well, that's cool. So... What are some examples of those farms? Like you kind of talked about one of your um, one of the people there. You're, you're you're very local in Texas. And well, first off, hang on. What what's the delivery radius for you guys? Are y'all only in Texas, or what's the radius that you guys would deliver your produce? Yeah, we deliver to all the four major markets in Texas. So we're based here in Austin, but we deliver to San Antonio, Houston, and Dallas, and we deliver to Waco. Uh, on the way to Dallas, and then for people that are familiar with Texas, there's some there's some growing cities in between San Antonio and Austin. We deliver to those markets as well. Is there any particular reason why y'all kind of stay in those areas, like to kind of ensure that the produce is fresh, or what's your what's your plan there? Yeah, are there, I mean, for us right now, we are just a Texas-based business. Um, there's always the possibility that we would expand into other markets, but to be frank, we've got two of the biggest uh, metro cities in uh, the entire country here in Dallas and, and Houston. You know, Dallas is the, I think, fourth biggest metro area and Houston the fifth biggest metro area in the country. And, and Austin is just a thriving, growing economy with a huge culinary uh, culture. And so we feel like there's just a lot more that we can do here in the state of Texas uh, before we would think about trying to replicate this in another area. And if we were to replicate another area, we would do what we did here. We would we would basically develop a local food, a local value chain system around food. And uh, once we felt good about that, then we would think about the customer second. But really, 
growing our supply chain is is the really unique part of our business and it makes us different from how other people you know build something like what we've done here okay that's really cool what, what kind of growth have y'all seen in the past couple of years yeah we've seen some really good growth on the, in the last year in particular uh we grew the business by about 35 percent um and some of that was a result of us launching wholesale services and so we also deliver to restaurants and hotels uh, that's an area for us that's expanding uh, pretty quickly. Uh, currently, we only deliver in Austin and San Antonio, but we have plans to do that soon in Dallas and Houston. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, very neat. That's cool. Um, so I, I learned that you guys kind of, you were with, or you merged a few years ago with a company called Truck and Tomato. So what was the whole goal there? What was Truck and Tomato exactly, and why did you guys merge? Well, Truck and Tomato, actually, that's a good good segue to um, the wholesale piece. We Truck and Tomato was focused on wholesale delivery of the same great food that farmhouse delivery uh, has been sourcing for all of these years. So both companies essentially had the same values and principles, um, had like an, an 80% overlap in the farmers and ranchers they were working with. It was just that one was going direct to consumers' homes and delivering it right to your doorstep and the other one was delivering to restaurants hotels schools so we thought the merge by bringing the two companies together would strengthen our ability to work with farmers and ranchers and kind of increase our our uh, ability to make more meaningful purchases and help them bring more to one warehouse location additionally just created some efficiencies here so we were allowed we were able to you know have one receiver who works with all these farmers and uh, one supply chain team that could that could work with again with all the farmers and ranchers and purchasing and um, you know one of the things that we've realized over the years is when you're in this type of business it's not it's not a wildly profitable business it can be a very rewarding business and it can add a ton of value to community um, but in order to do it uh, you've got to be really smart in how you organize your operations and how efficient you are and so bringing the two businesses together really helped us. Uh, just to to develop a strong, sustainable business that can continue to support a local food economy. So kind of going along those lines, what are some long-term goals that you guys have? I mean, obviously you would like your business to grow like maybe 35 or 50% this year. So what's some long-term goals that you guys have for farmhouse delivery? Yeah, I think some immediate, I'll go from immediate to long-term. Over the next one to two years, uh, we plan to begin delivering wholesale in um, in Dallas and in Houston. Um, we also know that there's a lot more that we can do direct to consumers doorstep on uh, in the four metro areas we're in. We're really, we have a light presence in San Antonio and Dallas. And so we plan to do a lot more outreach in those markets so that more people know about us. I think when you go around Austin, it's pretty common. People know who farmhouse delivery is, but not as common. So we plan to do a lot of just awareness events and uh, outreach events and marketing to help people in those markets understand um, how they can access our great food. Uh, a big change that we're looking at, again, I think in the next one to two years is 
Uh, currently, people have a designated delivery day when they order food from us. So based on your zip code, you would say, oh, you get your delivery on Thursday or Wednesday. Um, but we want to do is move closer to an on-demand model. So if you go and hit our site and you want to order, and you can say, gosh, I'd really love this food tomorrow, regardless of where I live, um, then we, we're working on changes that would allow customers to do that. And we think that's probably coming sometime in, two, in 2020. Okay, awesome. Well, best of luck with you guys. I hope it can, definitely continues to grow. Quick question. I've always I've always been curious about this. I haven't, my wife and I haven't ordered any um, food subscription boxes. So how exactly does the shipping of meats work? Like, is it frozen? How exactly does that whole process work? Yeah. Well, you know, that's interesting. We, we actually don't, we deliver everything ourselves in our own trucks, but we are in the process of doing some R&D on shipping meat as we speak right now. Uh, and that's through a product that we offer called the Rancher Box, which is all Texas meat. And so when this is when this is ready to go, I'll make sure to let you know, Trevor, so that you can be one of our first customers. Um, but I can tell you through the research that we've already done, really the best way to do that, uh, there's just some, there's some, you insulate, you can insulate a cardboard box and then you ship in dry ice. Uh, and it really has the ability to stay pretty rock solid, frozen, um, for four or five days when it ships that way. Okay. Okay. That all makes sense, man. Just look at, I'm looking at it right now on your website and it's got ribeye steak, chorizo, stew meat, cutlets, ground boar, boneless chicken. I'm, I'm really tempted to order one. Oh, you just might have to move to Texas right now to get some. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be available soon for shipping everywhere. Heck yes. Well, we'll be on the lookout for it. Um, so one question I'd like to ask everybody on our show is what are their thoughts on the farmer consumer relationship? Do you think there's a lot of misinformation out there or do you think consumers are kind of learning where exactly to get their correct information from? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of mystery for consumers in understanding where their food comes from. You know, we I was at a big national chain a couple of weeks ago having lunch and I saw a big sign above there the window where all the food comes out and it says all of our what did it say from from the farm right to your plate and i thought you know i know this i've learned enough about the way food moves across the country and in particular how big chains work uh, how most big chains work i should say and the truth is most of that food is coming from a large national distributor and, and i guess on one hand you could say it is true that it started on a farm somewhere and that it ended up eventually on the consumer's plate, but there was probably quite a few steps in between and the food had to travel quite a distance for that to be true. Versus, you know, I think our model has been to say that really doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, why would we take the food from our region and ship it to another region um, instead of saying, how do we grow food so that it's optimal to be consumed locally and then open up the transparency for consumers to be able to know truly where it comes from. I think, unfortunately, a lot of businesses have tried to jump on this wave and movement of saying we're farm to table, uh, we're sourcing food locally. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them have not backed that up by actually changing a lot of their sourcing practices. There's certainly a ton of great examples of, of restaurants and hotels and uh, other places that are doing that, that, um, but I think we still have a long way to go in in providing more transparency into where food comes from. I mean, I would really encourage consumers to just ask, you know, wherever you are, if you're at the grocery store, if you're at a restaurant, 
and to find someone and ask them if they can verify where the food's coming from. That tells you a lot. Uh, when I got into this business, I started do, asking those questions and was pretty surprised at how few, um, whether it's produce distributors or restaurants or grocers, knew much about where the food comes from. Yeah, totally agree. Um, we've interviewed a bunch of farmers on here, and they've been talking about how they're trying to be more and more transparent. They're showing what exactly goes on at their farm using social media, Instagram, and all that stuff. So transparency, I think, is definitely key. So that's a very, very good point. Well, Sean, this has been a really cool conversation. If if people want to learn more about farmhouse delivery, where can they go to find you guys, kind of follow what you, what you all are doing? Well, definitely go to farmhousedelivery.com. Um, you can find us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, the same way at Farmhouse Delivery. And we've got some great stories about our farmers and ranchers and shots of some of the recipes that I just mentioned uh, on both social media and our website. Um, yeah, and you, or you can just send us an email if you ever want to learn more at info at farmhousedelivery.com. Well, Sean, with Farmhouse Delivery, thank you for being on. We wish you guys the best of luck. Thanks so much for having us, Trevor. Thanks for what you're doing. I really appreciate it. Hey everyone, we're trying to make things easier for you to listen to the podcast. We are now a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, and that means you can now find us on an additional platform. We're now available on the Waypoint app on your Apple TV, Roku, or Amazon Fire Stick, smart TVs like Samsung, and even game systems. While you're on there, check out over 2,500 of the best hunting and fishing shows and short films, download the app, and watch and listen anywhere. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.